We are the Coin Boys, your average everyday crypto bros. That's right. It's Andy, producer BTW, and then Danny Goots right here. What's up, guys? How's it going? Pretty decent. Uh, it's pretty decent. I like it's it. It's nice to catch up with you. It's always Real a quick. pleasure. Uh, I already talked to you before this, so we're going to go right into something special because this is our main show, and this is your favorite part of the Coin Boys because it's our coin of the show. That's right. Cue the music. It's heaven. Our coin of the show was voted in by you guys in the community overwhelmingly. Bitcore. Yeah, you all wanted Bitcore. Once again, didn't really know what it was about. (laughs) Didn't know what it was about, but as promised, this is what we do. You guys voted in. We're going to look into it. And luckily, uh, Bitcore has been really cool. Got us connected with who we're going to throw to in this interview. This coin of the show has got... Because we got someone from the project available to us so we can get some insight is Evo, the lead project manager and very technically savvy guy. Uh, yeah. So we're going to. He, he definitely gives us clarification on a lot of things. One of the reasons why we like to do the coins of the show is because there is similar technology throughout. Obviously, every coin is different. Every token is different. But the technology is good to know either way so he does clarify things that i was mistaken on and and things like that so it's it was really helpful and we learn about a project that maybe you guys don't know too much about um and i just want to thank the community i mean that was cool Uh, are awesome it's it's really great to to be able to have people vote for things they want and hey you guys won fair and square it takes a lot of pressure off us because to figure out which coin we want to do is just so takes it's pretty time consuming this is kind of where we want to be so you'll see that um, we will be having another coin of the show, uh, and in I believe it's going to be October. September is going to be a special, and we'll announce later. But I just want everyone to know: if you guys want us to get people on the show, help support us, help us get a- out there a little further, because we want to do interviews, we want to get people on the show, and we want to make sure information is absolutely correct and true. So if we can ask questions to the people that are connected to the projects and give it to you guys to help you research, we believe in do your own research, but we want to help you in that research. We're here for you. So look us up on iTunes, Coinboys, SoundCloud. We're on Twitter at Coinboys Podcast. Rate us, review us. All that helps so that we can offer up some good quality podcast content in the crypto space. And we have a phone number. If you go to thecoinboys.com, it is an American phone number, but someone call me. Yeah, be pretty call fun. Daniel. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for joining us, all Bitcore community people and all Coinboys fans and anyone new to the podcast. This is Evo from Bitcore. Enjoy. Uh, my background is basically the casino industry. I've been in IT for uh, since forever, uh, specifically for casinos. Uh, I deal a lot with uh, project management, security, stuff like that. And I've been doing that for quite a quite a while wow and uh if so how how did you get involved in becoming uh, a lead project manager on a cryptocurrency well that's a funny story actually uh um you might know this but um bit uh, actually started out as a side project for another coin uh bitsend okay and uh basically what happened was that uh it took over the entire uh, entire yeah priority so and then there was a lack of people and a lack of knowledge and a lack of uh, lots of resources so what they needed was a lot of more a lot more people on board on the core team or on the team basically and uh, so I offered my uh, my skills to them and they said okay come on join us and I've been been on the team since okay that's cool so 
let's let's get into it uh, before so that like so a lot of people might not have heard of Bit Bitcore. <laughs> if if you could explain it to us as if you know it's someone that has never heard of it before, what exactly is Bitcore? Uh, yeah, what is the goal? What are you guys planning on doing? The main goal for Bitcoin is to become uh, a payment coin, number one payment coin. Now, we have a lot of advantages if you compare us with other coins. For example, we are very quick. We have a small blockchain. Uh, we have uh, lots of other cool features right from the start. The whole Bitcoin project came about uh, during the height of the scaling debate, uh, scaling debate for Bitcoin, that is. And uh, the lead uh, programmer actually said, okay, let's just build it and see what happens. We integrate SegWit from the start, we integrate other stuff right from the start and see where it goes from there. Okay. That's basically how Bitcore came to be. Okay, good. And so uh, we we are targeted for people who are not really into uh, or not are having trouble, just like us, to understanding the, the deep technical terms. One of the things that I have trouble trying to figure out is what is SegWit sometimes? Are you able to explain <laughs> exactly what SegWit <laughs> is to, to those who are just okay. kind of getting into space? To put it in uh, layman's terms, uh, SegWit is a technology that enables you to uh, crop more transactions into, uh, into the blocks. And this gets really technical really quick, so I don't know if it's really suited for your audience. No, that's fine. It's, so it just it just it allows for the speed to be faster. Uh, it's not a, with regards to speed because the speed is uh, locked. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at Bitcoin, they have one block every ten minutes. That mm -hmm. means that your transactions get um, uh, yeah added to the blockchain once every ten minutes on average. If you look at Bitcoin, this is two and a half minutes, so it's a lot quicker. Okay. Uh, then so, you have SegWit, yeah, and SegWit is the blocks have a certain size. They are in uh, expressed in megabytes. Yeah, if you look at uh, the block size for Bitcoin, this is one megabyte uh, for the normal chain and one megabyte for SegWit. So Bitcoin is able to do two megabytes. If you look at Bitcore, we have ten megabytes per block and ten megabytes for SegWit. Yeah, so it's more more transactions within a block. Yeah, a lot more. A lot more. If, by, if you put it in transactions, then uh, it's, it's quite simple. Uh, Bitcoin can handle around, um, yeah, what is it, 13, 14 transactions every second. So this is really a scaling issue for them. Uh, and another issue with them is that they basically have uh, a lot of inconsensus in their community. And what this leads to is that they cannot develop it uh, on, a, on a quick and easy basis. So they cannot evolve Bitcoin easily. Yeah, if they want to make a certain choice, they need to have lots of support. It's like politics, and that's really hard for them. And for us, it's uh, much easier because we're a, a far smaller and dynamic uh, team. So that makes it easy for us to adapt to new technologies and uh, all kinds of stuff. If you look at our transactions, uh, it's around 550 per second. Five, so 550 per second is the, is, the, is the speed that you're going after. Is that going to be the top speed, or are you trying to achieve faster in the future? Oh. No, no, no. That's the, what we actually achieved already. Okay. And that's basically the nah, sort of cap at the moment, but we can change this in the future if needed. But for now, this is more than enough. Okay. Yeah, if you look at if you look at Bitcoin doing 13 transactions and you see the market share they have, if you compare the the 550 transactions, that means we can outclass Bitcoin by a factor of 20. So we can grow our community 20 times as big as Bitcoins. Okay, so. I know that you you compared yourself to Bitcoin, but the other forks like Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, Bitcoin Gold, how do you how are you better than them? 
to be honest, we outclass uh, each of these forks, but we're not a normal fork. We are the first fork, if you compare this. We, are, we predate Bitcoin Cash, for example. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, why? So, if I'm if I'm the average person coming in and I see my choice between Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, why should I go with you guys? Specific? Is it because of your speed and <coughs> because of your speed and your and your block sizes? Uh, or is there something else besides those two, which are already big in itself? Are are, are there anything else besides right. those two? Okay, I'm not I'm not really a, a really good programmer with regards to C code, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, once I started looking into Bitcore, I actually looked at the source code because this is kind of what you're supposed to do actually, of and course. I know non tech savvy people don't really understand what they're looking at except a bunch of gibberish mm -hmm. but the code is was really clean and it was really nice and it was one of the reasons for me to uh, actually uh, make an effort to join this team because it's really well coded got that uh so why did you guys choose uh why did you guys choose do you know why you guys chose bitcore as the name <laughs> well that was uh, before my time actually uh, okay. but I, I really don't know why it's called bitcore <laughs> but because the, the, I know when because sometimes when people will search for Bitcoin because this is what we had when we were doing it and so just if you want to tell your tell your people is that the, uh, when you Google it sometimes you'll hit a node a Bitcoin node from the for Bitcoin so yeah that's kind of that's correct uh, actually I think they took that one offline uh, oh, really? at the moment yeah I think they are they're finished basically that's a project from another company but it's from a company. Ah, yeah, so it. it's 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 basically a piece of software that allows you to uh, create other software that accepts coins. Yeah. So so this you guys have nothing to do with that one because I was nope. a little confused as to did they come off of this this or not. So you had said that you uh, Bitcore was created before Bitcoin Cash. Um, yeah. I noticed on the website that you guys just recently released the white paper. Is uh, at least yeah. on the website. Is that um, did you how why did it just get released now versus prior to that? Like, how did people understand what you guys, the values you guys were trying to go after before July 18th, I believe was when it came out, or July well, 20th? Basically, for us, the white paper was irrelevant. Uh, what we were doing was trying to prove technology and uh, do stuff instead of debating stuff theoretically. Just do it and see what happens. That was the uh, initial stage of what we wanted to achieve with Bitcoin. So for us, there was no need for a white paper. We just wanted to incorporate the technology which was already finished and Bitcoin was uh, uh, not enabling for some reason because of the inconsensus. So we figured, okay, we'll do it, we'll build it, we'll see where it ends up. So there was no reason for us for a white paper. Gotcha. Uh, oh, okay. Once we started expanding, on the other hand, like now, there's lots of people joining, lots of companies interested and they basically expect the white paper. That's the reason we have it at all. Would you say that generally you have more of a tech-savvy uh, community behind this kind of uh, this your project? Mm, not specifically the community. Community is all walks of life. And basically, we are like any other coin. Uh, we tend to stay away from the speculation. And what we really press on on our community is that Bitcoin is a long-term project. We try to grow it naturally so we have a chance of surviving. It's no pump and dump stuff. Got it. And, that, and that's great to hear because, you know, what's important to us on these, these podcasts is, you know, community and then, you know, the projects and the people behind them. And it sounds like you guys, you know, I didn't yeah, I find it interesting we, that you actually didn't need a white paper. It's really interesting to hear someone say that. 
and and because there's so many there's so many bad white papers out there too. But you guys are yeah, proving yourselves with the technology. If you copy paste it from someone else, uh, basically they're all the same and they make lots of promises they don't keep. And in the end, it doesn't add any real value to what the project they are doing. Exactly. So, and this happens a lot. Oh, and for us, it's, it's also important that uh, we uh, try to educate everyone. You know, we try. We are actually one of the first coins that actually pushed people to install a real wallet instead of a light wallet. You know, uh, we we try to explain to people what security is all about, uh, how you should always manage your own private keys. Don't leave them online with a third party because you uh, might end up losing everything. And that's what we try to educate. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about the wallets. I noticed on the website you guys are you have Windows Wallet, Linux, Android, iOS. Uh, yeah. So are those developed? Those wallets are actually developed by you guys, or are they third-party wallets? Uh, those are developed by us, and we have uh, Coinomy, which is a third party, which we're integrated in. And the latest news is we're integrated as the first coin since way long into Jax. Oh, oh really? Did not yeah. know Jax picked you up. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, we actually, they were, they were really enthusiastic. Yeah, that's great. A lot of people in a, in America actually use Jax. I know. I know it's. Yeah, it's it's an awesome company, actually. Interesting. Um, okay. Nice. So, one of the things that you guys have uh, in the white paper you guys are talking about is the ASIC resistant mining. And yeah. for for our listeners out there who don't know what ASICs are, ASICs are the computer or the kind of computer. Like um, not even a full one that will that does the mining uh, for a lot of Bitcoin and, and a few other coins as well. Uh, why did you want to be ASIC resistant? Uh, well, the explanation you gave is not quite correct. Oh, please. Actually, uh, an ASIC, an ASIC is a basically a chip that does one specific trick. Okay. Yeah. So it's really efficient at doing specific calculations, and this is why they can be really efficient for mining. There's also a downside. The downside is that if uh, you have your coin is not ASIC resistant, and people uh, want to help uh, decentralize this coin by installing a wallet and mining on their own with uh, video cards and uh, GPUs, uh, basically they stand no chance against an ASIC. And the ASIC is far more efficient at one specific calculation. Yeah. And for us, for us, it's important that we have a decentral network. If you have a very centralized network, which tends to happen if you have ASICs on your network, because only the rich can buy them, and they buy them in, in big lots, make big profits, buy more. So you get very centralized, few parties that own this the network of the coin, which is a security risk for the coin. Oh, wow. So, okay, so you talk about, you guys, I like, I like hearing... The, how technically savvy you guys are, it sounds like, and also how you're helpful to the community, teaching them about where you send your Bitcoin and your wallets. Uh, could you give me a little – Could you? Uh, are there any notable other members on your team that uh, you'd like to talk about or uh, that are experienced in the crypto space that might be notable to mention on the podcast? Well, basically, our core team consists of uh, six members, and uh, we have our lead programmer, Chris. And Chris is really awesome. He doesn't only do uh, Bitcore, he does many other projects as well, and he helps out other projects as well when they get stuck. He's an awesome programmer. Uh, then we have John. John is our go-to guy for everything related to hacking, scripting, uh, whatever you need. Basically, he's the go-to guy. Uh, he's also a, a very nice programmer. Then you have uh, me, 
I'm uh, basically a lead a lead PM. What I do is some projects like uh, the upcoming Fiat Gateway, the BTXM machines, uh, our own kind of interpretation of what an uh, ATM for coins would look like. Uh, then you have um, uh, Thomas. Thomas is uh, basically support staff for me and Steve. Steve is uh, the community manager. Oh wow! And. I handle most of the the business aspects. Uh, also, do a lot of presentations, the podcast stuff because my English is fairly okay. Very good. It's it's very, <laughs> very nice. good actually. Very good. You sound great too. Very good. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so that's basically uh, the the main uh, main portion of our team. And besides the core team, we have lots of support staff. Um, we have people, community managers, uh, admins in our uh, in our channels, uh, website managers, stuff like that. The team is growing and expanding on a daily basis. Uh, I have a question. Uh, I like how, so I was reading the about our team and it says a team has formed around the core developer, Chris. Now, did you guys purposely not use your last names to give it kind of like, hey, you know, like it's not so much about who, like, like I have a quite like, is that even something? Is it just yeah? Names? There is there is a there is a few reasons actually. Uh, one, you have to uh, keep in mind that the most of this team is based in Germany. Yeah, the right. only only non Germans on this team are me and Thomas. Thomas is a Swiss guy, but in Germany, the uh, laws and regulations and rules with regarding to crypto are very strict and very you know, restrictive and can be very risky for them on a personal level. So this is why they try. To keep their last names kind of out of uh, the main focus. Uh, Interesting. Up until, up until we have the official foundation up and running, which we are working on. Now, after that, the foundation, the liability shifts from uh, personal to foundation, and everything is fine. Right. But, uh, it's just it's both risk management, and the other thing is it's not really that important. I kind of I, I I was kind of I noticed it because I look at a lot of uh, a lot of cryptocurrencies or projects we see and I always look at the people on the team and I found it interesting that you only had the first names and I actually thought hey that gives a bit kind of like a decentralized feel it's like it's not so much important it's like let's get this thing done with utility and you know later when we build the foundation they could come out but like you said it's not always the most important thing because we don't even know who created Bitcoin still so. <laughs> It's interesting. I, I, it's fun. I don't know if anyone's asked you that before, but well, we get this. We get this question, and we were always very conservative. And this was mostly because of uh, the German, uh, the German aspect, and they don't, they don't really like being in the spotlights. Most of them. This is also one of the reasons why I'm more in front, and Steve is more in front. We are right. the ones mostly addressing the community. Uh, I don't have an issue with it. Uh, people can know my last name. It's published in several spaces, so sure. no problem. Okay. And for Steve, the same. Yeah. Now, a lot of uh, a lot of coins out there, a lot of uh, a lot of new projects, often are huge about smart contract integration and stuff. W why did you guys choose to not even uh, worry about that? Do you feel like there's going to be several different uh, coins? One is going to be for smart contracts, and you just want to focus on the financial aspect, or or or? Okay, I'll, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna give you my personal opinion, sure. which not necessarily represents the entire team yeah sure. so keep yeah that in mind. absolutely uh, personally I think that if you want to be a payment coin yeah, and you get into smart contracts this poses security risks to smart contracts if we look at for example uh, ether yeah uh, EPH, uh, basically their first implementation was forked quite quickly because of a severe security risk yeah so we get uh, ether classic and ether yeah and this is something that will happen to many smart contract coins 
if you want to be a payment coin, you want to avoid this as much as possible. Security is key for this, network security. Yeah, this network needs to be available. This network needs to be really quick and easy to use. These are the key components for a payment coin. That is not to say that we won't implement that in the future. Our core is already, uh, we're on one of the latest cores compared to Bitcoin. Yeah, uh, yes. I keep comparing to Bitcoin because Bitcoin will remain king for a while. No one will surpass Bitcoin. We're all following Bitcoin. Every coin does this uh, in one way or another. They are, they, they are the founding fathers and we uh, owe them some, uh, some respect to, with regards to that. Uh, we're one of okay. the few coins which has one of the latest cores available for, if you look at other altcoins or projects, they don't have the, they have very old versions of the Bitcoin code which they forked. We, we don't have that. So for us, uh, Lightning Network is a possibility if we want to implement it. Okay, it's now, just it's uh -huh. it's just a matter of spawning a server and we instantly support lightning. Yeah. So, so two questions in regards to the fork. The the first one would be uh, how f if you want to implement something, how fast will the implementation be? Because that's one of the big problems that we have with Bitcoin is if we want to do any changes, it's a very very long process. Uh, yeah, and the, it is a long process because of the fact that the community is divided into. Uh, Segwit believers, Lightning believers, and non-believers. Yeah, people interpreting uh, Satoshi's uh, vision maybe not in the correct or uh, the correct way. Basically, the in my opinion, if I look at Bitcoin's white paper, for example, I was I'm in under the presumption that the idea is okay. We start off with this kind of code, and once needed, we will evolve this code into what it needs it needs to be to support the network. And this didn't happen for Bitcoin. Yeah, you have the very strict, old-fashioned part, and the ones that want to strive forwards, and then you have the part that wants to centralize it immensely. And this is what is happening now, and this is really a big issue. Hmm. Yeah. For us, it's really easy. If we want to make a a a, a quick difference, Chris will code it up together with John. We can get uh, kind of modules. A lot of stuff has already been done. New technologies available. We have a test net where we can test stuff. This can be done really quick. If there would ever be an issue with our network, it can be resolved so quickly. Yeah, I mean, I believe the way you've been describing your team, it sounds like you guys are very technological. You have a lot of tech-savvy people over there. So, um, Yeah, but it's not, it's not only the tech-savvy part is one thing. If you look at Chris, he's really tech-savvy. He loves His hobby is coding cores for coins. So he codes coins for fun. Right. And, and that's basically the that's way to cool. go. So he's really technical in that aspect. But he has so passion. And he has passion for the coding of the core. And we, uh, Steve and me are more passionate about community, about business. How how do we take this coin to the next level, and how do we grow the community? Because without a community, no coins, right? Absolutely, yeah. that's great. And, and I did have a question about the Bitcore community. How did people hear about you prior? Because it says uh, this was a decision made by the Bitcore community to fork off the coin on your white paper. Do you know who that? Like wh who was cons who was a part of that community? Uh, this was basically, I think, Bitcoin Talk. Bitcoin Talk. We had a thread, and the thread was basically discussing the scaling uh, issues that Bitcoin was facing, and the non-decision making that Bitcoin was facing, and what route would they take? And it was taking a really, really, really long time. And so they had. It was just a discussion thread. And then uh, Steve and Chris. Uh, Steve said to Chris, "Okay, can we just uh, can we just build it?" And uh, Chris said, "Okay, we, we're we're going to build this, and we're going to implement it, and we're going to test it." Got it. 
my next question is about uh, the distribution of of the coins. Do if people had Bitcoin, since this is a fork, and I'm just kind of I'm only going based off of my my knowledge on the other ones. How did people get Bitcore uh, from their wallets, or, or is that is that something else completely different? Like the, like Bitcoin Cash was I got Bitcoin Cash because I had some Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. Well, for us, it is kind of the same, but uh, we are a different kind of fork than you think. Okay. If you look at Bitcoin Cash, basically what Bitcoin Cash did was they took the entire Bitcoin ledger, made some few changes to it, and uh, that's it. So they, Bitcore, uh, Bitcoin was like, I don't know, 135, 140 gigabytes uh, uh, at that time. So you had to download the entire old chain and then uh, use your wallet to claim the coins uh, through private keys. Yeah. For us, it was a different story. What we did was we just took a snapshot of the Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, we spawned a new chain, so basically empty one, zero megabytes. Uh, we basically filled it up with uh, with our own uh, pre-mine coin. The pre-mine part was exactly the same as what was in the snapshot of Bitcoin, and we funded every address. That's the short version. I see. Wow. Huh. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. That's uh, Why did you guys cho- uh, did you guys choose to just do a whole completely new blockchain just because you wanted to um, really have more well, control a, over it? No, not, it's not a matter of control. Basically, the history is worthless. For, it doesn't matter for us what Bitcoin did in 2008. Yeah? Got it. We started in uh, 2016, 2017. For us, the point that you start the, uh, your coin, that's when it becomes relevant, right? The transactions starting from inception, these are the ones we want in our history. We don't care about what happened prior to that. Okay. And it saves it saves us so many gigabytes <laughs> so far. Um, one thing that I did want to ask about is you guys did change the algorithm to solve the block uh, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Security wise, uh, not a little bit, a lot. A lot. Of, okay. So a lot. Okay. I didn't because I I was just going based off of the the white paper. So uh, where according to my understanding, the difficulty of of solving the block increases the more miners there are. Is that correct? Yeah. And de- decreases yeah. the less. Uh, yeah. And um, this is this is the basic principle for every cryptocurrency. Oh, really? Or at least most of them. Okay. So that doesn't. So by doing that, that doesn't. Uh, that allows you to maintain the speed, correct? The speed of which the blockchains are, uh, the yeah. blocks are being solved for two Basically, and a half minutes. That, that, regu- that regulates the amount of coins released into the network. Got it. So Got it. that so that's not different from any other. You're saying that's not different from any other coin, or is that? The basic principle is exactly the same. Okay, if you look at, I will make, I don't like comparing to other projects. So the only project I compare to, because some of them I think are worthless, others are pretty nice actually, and I uh, I don't think it's correct for me to be making all kinds of comparisons between different coins. Of course. So if I make a comparison, it will mostly be to Bitcoin because that's the the king and we can compare whatever we want. Yeah. So Uh, so Mm -hmm. if you look at Bitcoin, what they do is every 10 minutes, a block is found. This block not only uh, makes sure that your transactions get put on the chain, it also releases new coins onto the network. Yeah, so you have a block reward. Maybe you heard the term. Yes. For us, the block times are one quarter of that of Bitcoin. So for us, uh, if, if Bitcoin makes one block, we make four. So that means for us that we wanted to keep kind of like the same uh, kind of like the same speed of coin release. So for us, every two and a half minutes, uh, 2.3 something Bitcore is released. 
I see. Uh, to the network. That's the minor reward. That's their incentive for actually supporting the network. Okay. All right. So, what did you? What specifically did you guys? Uh, or what aspects did you change in order to make it more more secure? To to uh, because you guys, as you said, you changed a lot in, reg in regards to yeah. the algorithm. Yeah. Okay. I'll, it will become fairly technical. Uh, in, if you don't in this mind. case, at this point, it's it's fine. <laughs> We're okay. 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 Well, uh, basically, if you look at, um, I don't know if you heard of this. You have a protocol called the X11 protocol. The X11 protocol consists of. 11 other protocols that together make up one uh, one calculation. And what we did was we took 10 of these, uh, made some a few modifications to them, not much. And what we did was instead of going through every calculation uh, one after the other, we matched them up randomly. So every block is randomly generated algorithm. And what this, and this is really hard. This is why it's very expensive to create an ASIC for this because you need at least, uh, you need to be able to calculate all 11 uh, algorithms in the protocol. And then you have to have them in order because one's output is the other's input. And if you don't do this in the correct order, the end result will be not correct. Okay. And this is why it's really hard to ASIC. Excellent. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. That definitely helps us out. Yeah. I mean, out. actually, we, we appreciate it because we don't always get someone um, that knows a lot about the tech behind it. We, you know, so it's, it's good to hear. I, it. I, I try to keep it really simple so people actually still understand what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. That was great. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, just so we appreciate answering all the questions. We really do. And I do have one more question for you. And it's about like what, what the future lies for you guys. What, what is it, what's the future hold for you guys uh, with Bitcore? Uh, what are your next the steps? Future. The next steps. The next steps are the projects I'm working on. We're releasing a fiat gateway. This fiat gateway basically converts cash to coin and vice versa. And we will be making uh, uh, plugins for websites, so websites can accept this coin. We will be um, building BTXMs. BTXMs are ATMs. Uh, the ATMs are really cool because they are not normal ATMs where you can just buy a coin and sell a coin. They go both ways, all of them, but you can also uh, pay for services that don't support cryptocurrencies. For example, if you want to buy a top-up card from one of these machines, normally you would pay uh, a top-up card with your yeah, local currency. In this case, you can choose either you put in the bills into the machine or you can pay with cryptocurrency. Okay. And and this can be done for everything. So for app stores, for whatever service you can think of that will take cash or um, uh, takes cash or dispenses cash, this will be implementable on these machines. And do you see them in America? Uh, do you have like an idea where you guys want to start uh, testing them out? Okay. The first we're in the final stages of the release. Basically, the official release date is December. Okay. Uh, but as things are going, this will be a lot quicker. Sure. <laughs> they're they're finishing up really nicely, actually. Uh, and we're going to start off in Holland. In Holland, because for me, it's cool. geographically good good to drive this, and for my support team locally also. Because the first, yeah, I, you know, I never know what to expect. This is a machine from scratch. The machine is really high quality. It is professional. Uh, I see. If I look at coin ATMs, the thing I see is basically that some of them are lagging. They are made by uh, people very tech shabby in the software department and not so tech shabby in the machine department. Right. Uh, Got it. I'm, I'm, I'm basically, so what happens is if you go to one of these ATMs, the markups are extremely high if they work, and usually they don't work. There's lots of them out of commission, out of service, not working for one reason or another. 
And the difference is on these machines, there's always coins. They're never empty uh, because they're connected to the fiat gateway. So this is centralized uh, or centralized. Each fiat gateway can support uh, an X amount of machines and there's going to be lots of people doing these fiat gateways. So we want to not only have a decentral network for uh, the coin itself, but also the infrastructure on top of the coin needs to be decentral. That way it's effective. Yeah, if we centralize it uh, with one party, basically if that party goes bankrupt, then the entire infrastructure for the coin is worthless. And we want to avoid this as much as possible. So there will be more people exploiting these um, fiat gateways or running these fiat gateways and uh, several teams or people running these machines. And this can be private owned. Uh, uh, you can have people uh, fleet owning them. So having 10 of these machines and putting them everywhere. And they will be operational a lot of the time. This is one of the benefits that I bring to this team because of my casino industry. I know what goes into managing huge amounts of machines and keeping them online 24-7. Wow. And keeping the cash in them. <laughs> Did you work in casinos in the Netherlands? Uh among others, <laughs> among others, I among others. Now, what I uh, what I did, I, uh, I worked for the uh, in Holland. We only have one state regulated casino. Um, wow, okay. I did uh, IT for a few of these. Uh, besides that, I was also into multimedia and jackpot systems, and I did this globally. So basically, all over the world. So all we kinds would of see it in Vegas connected. for sure. I would imagine. Vegas is basically the only place where you won't find that oh. much of me. Wow. <laughs> We got to get you yeah, in there. Got to get you over yeah, to Vegas. Now, now Vegas is yeah, Vegas is there. There's so much to do already in Vegas. Yeah, and yeah. I know a lot of people over there, of course, uh, but I know them everywhere. There's yeah. I cannot talk about too much detail because sure. everything in the casino industry is really secretive. We, I, I, I understand that for sure. I do have one more question about uh, the Netherlands, actually, because you know we've never had anyone on the show from there. What is the crypto perspective in 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 that area of the world? What, how do you feel that they see cryptocurrency right now? The normal people out there, um, pretty diverse, actually. But I think in general that we are uh, on a good. If I compare it to other countries, I think we are pretty uh, pretty well established in the crypto uh, community as a country. That's great. Are you able to? But, oh, yeah. So well, we are we are we are only at one percent adoption, yeah. So this yeah. is one percent of the community. This is the global consensus that we are at around one percent. So one percent, I think we can trump that in Holland locally. Well, are oh, wow. are are you seeing sh more a few more shops pop up here and there that are either accepting or using cryptocurrency in one way or another? Well, this is the main issue why we are at one percent because crypto is not user friendly at all. Of course, and this is one of the things that Bitcoin wants to change. This is why we do the machines, why we do the fiat gateways. It needs to be easy. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. And this, so, so the the main thing is that because crypto is not user friendly and the prices, yeah, vary so much. The spikes are so high. People don't want the risks, and they want they, they because okay. For a simple example, if I have a web shop, yeah, and I sell you um, TVs on my web shop, uh, if you buy a TV and it costs around a thousand dollars, for example, or a thousand euros, whatever, uh, you pay me this in cryptocurrency. By the time I exchange this cryptocurrency, it can be worth like three hundred euros or three hundred bucks. Yeah, if you if you look at my uh, what do I need to pay to uh, buy this uh, initial TV before I sell it to you without a markup? Then there's the gap is already too big, so the people don't want these risks, and this is why we do the fiat gateway. It instantly exchanges cryptocurrency to fiat, so that way you don't have these risks. 
And this is going to help use uh, usability of cryptocurrency. Wonderful. That, that, that's one thing that we've always been saying. Right now, it's not easy to use. Right now, it's slow. Right now, there's so many things that, that make it not the most convenient, but we do want to push using it because if we don't use it, then what's the point? Kind of sort of okay, this is one of the things that, for example, the BTX will help with. If you go, uh, if I want to send money to a cousin or a friend in uh, in Japan, for example, from the Netherlands, yeah, well, if I do this, I have to go to Western Union, pay a huge amount of fees. Uh, if I go to Western Union, if I want to do it by bank, it'll take a week. Um, if I do this by crypto on one of these BTXM machines, it will take seconds uh, before it, com uh, it, it is available on the network. It will, it will take two and a half minutes before they can actually use it. And they can exchange it to their local currency within minutes. And the cost is mere cents. It's, a, it's so cheap. Bitcoin is one of the cheapest coins to send around the world. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I can't thank you enough for uh, the really informative insight you gave us on on Bitcoin. I think this is great. Uh, I think it's going to help a lot of people that maybe not heard of you guys before really understand what you guys are. Because uh, it sounds to me you're more than just the fork of Bitcoin. It sounds like you guys have a, a, a really nice future ahead of you of what you guys want to do, and you have some utility. Um, yeah, I, I, I would. I guess I see why your community is excited. But I wanted to leave this for you uh, to share where people can find you guys on social media, uh, Evo, and uh, and you know where where can we find you guys? Well, uh, look up our uh, our website, uh, bitcore.cc. That's the main website. <laughs> uh, we're on we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We have lots of Telegram channels, and everything is under the uh, community section in our uh, on our website. All right, cool. And we, we thank your community because uh, if it wasn't for them, we we probably wouldn't have had you guys on the show or been able to get you on the show. So we're really grateful that they reached out to us to, to put them up for vote and get them on the show. And we're glad to have had you. It was real fun. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm also very excited about our community. They're always uh, fun and they always try to pitch in and uh, they're, they're we're happy with them. Yeah, so shout out to the community for Bitcore for yep. sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, and uh, you could find us at uh, iTunes and SoundCloud for the Coin Boys podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're also available on Google Play. Uh, thanks again, Evo. Have a great uh, rest of your night, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.